Coming up on this episode of the Jeep Talk Show, This Week in Jeep reveals details behind the latest special edition Wrangler JL. What's it going to be called and what it has? New Jeep Wrangler frames have been under scrutiny for a while now over their welds, and now the NHTSA has started an official investigation. In Wrangler Talk, Bill electrifies the show with a breakdown of spark plugs. Mitch takes us around the nation in the hopes of finding somewhere to take our tops off. In Jeep Life, Tammy takes us to the junkyard to talk about hunting for parts. And Wendy joins the show as a fill-in guest host. We'll say hi. There's so much more coming up on this episode of the Jeep Talk Show, so stick around. You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network Podcast. Are you ready? It's the Jeep Talk Show with Jeep Mama. Are you sure? Josh. Yeah, I don't think so. And Tony. I think that's a huge deal. So sit back, strap in, and brace yourself. This episode of the Jeep Talk Show is brought to you by Extreme Terrain, Wrangler off-road parts and accessories outfitter. Stay tuned for later in this episode to hear about Meredith Evasu's latest buyer's guide video for front and rear Jeep bumpers. That's a hell of a name. Uh, you know, I always get uh, always felt funny about having the last name of McElroy. What's that? McElroy? <laughs> but could you imagine me in Evasu? <laughs> that mean, would be it, different. It's a great name, you know, but it's just it's a different kind of name than what you're not used to. Hey, you know, it doesn't matter if you have a Jeep, want a Jeep, or never driven anything but Jeeps. This show's for you. Josh, Tammy, and myself are here to inform and entertain you while we talk about. Wait for it. Jeeps. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, she's a natural. <laughs> I'm Tony, and I like Fridays. They're like Mondays, but without the suck. Oh, completely without the suck. Hey, fellow Jeeper, <laughs> Jeep lover, and in not in the carnal knowledge sense. I mean, I love my Jeep, too, but there's only so many things I'm willing to do to its rear end. Is it, you know? is it carnal knowledge or carnival knowledge? Because, you know, there's a lot of fun involved and maybe I a guess prize. it really depends on whether or not you got a squeaky nose on. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> toys. <laughs> I guess that I, I guess the squeaky nose is better than a squeaky rear end. Is, there you go. Would that be like a would that be like a safe word where you squeak the nose? <laughs> squeak, squeak, squeak. <laughs> and the safe word is bozo. <laughs> oh, no, you know, the, I hope the big floppy shoes didn't give you a false sense of what was going to happen here. Hey, <laughs> the other voice you're hearing is Wendy. Wendy uh, is out in California. She was uh, my spotter on uh, the uh, John Bull Trail. Uh, Big Bear Lake, California, and she's uh, guest hosting for us tonight. Wendy, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. It took me a while to get on with the Skype hell that I went through, but you know what? I'm here, so that's all that matters. That's part of the experience. They want you to earn it, uh, Wendy. That's the <laughs> Well, I definitely did that tonight, so we're good. <laughs> thanks for having me. Oh, of course. Local Jeep News, National Jeep News, and news from around the world. It's This Week in Jeep. If you're a Jeep fan, you know the Wrangler is known for two things. There's no better vehicle off-road, and the Wrangler has more special editions than I bet anyone alive can remember off the top of their head. We can likely go back to the CJ era for blame and look at one of Jeep's first special editions, the Renegade. Now horrifically regurgitated into what we see today, a far cry from what a Renegade was back in the day. Now, fast forward to the modern era, and we look at the JKs, who, with with their three models and their 12-year run, had at least 19 special editions, which didn't even start until the 2009 model year, two years after the JK's debut. All jabs at Renegades and JK lovers aside, Jeep is at it again and probably will be indefinitely. 
This time we see the new JL is getting revamped with a new special edition of its own. But this isn't going to be the, the first one. No, 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 no. So far, there have already been the black and tan, the willies, and freedom editions. The latest special edition model for the 2020 model year is the Wrangler Rubicon Recon Edition. Now, I'm going to stop right here and say that at the time of this recording, this has not been officially confirmed by anyone at FCA. It is more or less just highly substantiated rumors at this point, but so far at least, seem to be, seem to at least have a decent amount of credibility. So why should any of us care then? If this is just Jeep being Jeep, then what's the big deal? Well, the big deal is actually the deal itself. This special edition is worth getting excited about since it adds a boatload of optional equipment for only $27.55. Only. The yeah, I know. <laughs> well, I yes. mean, when you're dropping fifty grand on a, on a uh, Jeep. Uh, yeah. So, you know, $27.55 really isn't going to be all that much in the grand scheme of things. The package is only available on the top-end Rubicon trim, which comes standard with all-terrain tires, locking front and rear Dana 44 axles, and a low 4-to-1 transfer case. The changes that come with the Recon Edition start under the hood. Where the standard naturally aspirated 3.6-liter V6 and 6-speed manual transmission are replaced by Jeep's very torquey new turbocharged 2-liter inline-4 mated to the optional 8-speed automatic. The exterior sees a plethora of upgrades including LED headlights and taillights, a red and black hood stripe decal, Moab rock rails, new wheels with a black paint finish, a gloss black grille, body color matched fenders, a recon fender badge, front and rear steel bumpers with recovery points, and a black hardtop roof. The already near-perfect interior gets some extra highlights with red seat belts and a seat bolster with red stitching. If you separately purchased all of this listed equipment that comes standard in this package, you could expect to pay over $5,600 more. That's a pretty significant chunk of change for some decent creature comforts and some serious styling. This is, only, this is also the only way to get Jeep's e-torque hybrid engine on a Rubicon model. So, again, all this right now is allegedly leaked info, and we can't confirm nor deny the accuracy. However, once Jeep makes their formal announcements on this stuff, you will be the first to know about the rest of the details. You know, they're selling this crap to people that, don't, uh, that aren't uh, old enough to remember whenever their first four-wheel, full-size four-wheel drive uh, Chevrolet pickup was ten thousand dollars new off the lot <laughs> well it's inflation you know how it goes yeah fifty fifty yeah. six hundred dollars and that's half of what i paid for my first four-wheel drive and that's just the trim package people i know <laughs> trim and that's it i mean seriously what are they thinking I, you know you know you, you guys are younger than me so maybe that's not such a big deal to you but i guess it's like the 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 folks that were alive during world war ii and they came back and their first house was five thousand dollars and now, you know, houses are three hundred, four hundred, five hundred thousand. Of course, if you're in the state where uh, uh, Wendy is, they could be uh, in the million. I was just going to say three hundred thousand. Where, where exactly is that? Yeah, I'd, uh, I'll buy that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's like rent control in New York. Yeah, seriously. Well, I, I, I think these things are really cool. Uh, these packages, but could you imagine being the guy at the meeting saying, "Hey, let's come up with a recon package," or I know it's a timely reference, but a GI Joe package? You know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what 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 you know what happens when this guy when it doesn't uh, pan out for for the idea? I mean, you know, it's like this is kind of the thing where well, wasn't there one a few years ago that was based on a, a video game? I can't remember. Uh, was it Call of Duty or something? Yeah, well, I believe it was yeah, Call of Duty. There's there's actually, like I said, there's been over 19, and, and many of the uh, special editions have been repeated. So technically, there, there's been in the mid-20s uh, some odd 
uh, special editions that have been re- been released just in the JK, mind you. Now yeah. we've got another three or four more for the JL, and, and that we're just getting started on that. So uh, I actually just added to our big glossary of terms. I almost said big ass glass glossary of terms, um, <laughs> <laughs> which actually it is. It is the largest glossary of Jeep related and off road related uh, terminology anywhere on the internet. You can only find it at jeeptalkshow.com. I just added the entire list of all of the JKU and JK special editions uh, to that glossary of terminology. So a little uh, new addition there. If you haven't been to that recently, please go check it out. It's definitely a wealth of information. So wow. I think they actually had a Laura, Laura Croft one as well that uh, kind of uh, was in ch- uh, in uh, tune with oh, the, the, the Tomb movie. Raider edition. That Tomb was Raider, on the TJs. Right. That was on the TJs. Oh, was it? It's a whole nother, you know, a whole nother generation of Jeep there. I didn't want to get into the, all the special so, editions so the, for the TJs as well. But So, so what but, you're saying is that special edition was better because it was on a TJ. Well, <laughs> you know, it's a six and a half one, doesn't it? Uh, a lot of, st- like to stir it up when I can. Well, you know, As if it gets the special edition with 20 or more, is it truly special anymore? I mean, oh, how true. do they, you know, how do they uh, clarify that? I mean, it's kind of crazy. It's all special. It's all sales, uh, Wendy. They, yeah. uh, of course, it's special. How dare you? <laughs> special, like, you know, short bus special. It's very special. <laughs> <laughs> they, ought to come out with a, they ought to come out with a short bus one, you know, a yellow Jeep. Oh, God. No, they, they have that color. It's out there. I've seen it. But, I mean, it actually says short bus. I mean, that's the... jeez. Oh, <laughs> got some got some red lights up on top of the not, eight pillars. Not politically know. correct. I'm sorry, folks. Yeah. No, no, no PC here. Mm-mm. Well, as we all know, the Jeep Wrangler is one of the most popular SUVs in the country and, of course, the world. Unfortunately, there has been raising concerns about the frames under these Jeeps. And some Jeep owners aren't sure if a recent recall of some models is enough to fix the issues. Some reports show rusted welds, welds with little to no penetration, and welds that should be solid on the frame that had signs of cracking or breaks. There has even been evidence of one inch or more gaps in more uh, or more in frame, re- frame welds that should have been a continuous bead. And on some Jeeps, they are, but not on all. And that's the problem. That and what this means for the longevity of these models or their frames. What could this mean for a Jeeper who is serious about off-roading and and puts their Jeep through moments of extreme articulation, really putting stresses on these frames? All it takes is traversing one rock and pop, there goes the frame. After so many examples, complaints, and reports, the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, or the NHTSA, has now launched an official investigation into frame welding on nearly a quarter million 2018 and 2019 Wranglers. Oddly enough, all those reports about newer Jeeps having death wobble are actually tied into this. If you would like to learn a little bit more about death wobble and what it means on a Wrangler or any other Jeep for that matter, take a listen to episode 393, where we had the man himself, Dr. Death Wobble, on the show to break it all down. Now, between May 7th and August 21st of 2018, Jeep's Toledo North assembly plant used frames with what are called an off-seam track bar weld location to build up to 18,055 new Jeep Wranglers. The result, Jeep says in its NHTSA safety recall report, is that likely around 720 vehicles, or roughly about 4% of the recall population, have a track bar bracket that could potentially separate from the frame. Good now, this God. Sounds, yeah, this sounds like something you'd never, <laughs> ever want to happen to your vehicle for any number of reasons, really. I just, so, yeah. I just thought of a new special edition, Josh. <laughs> Yeah, right? (laughs) Track bar bar optional. Yeah, the the death wobble. wobble. I like it. The wobble. Wobble, wobble, gobble, gobble. (laughs) 
<laughs> so, yeah, l- let's get that fix taken care of ASAP. Thanks. Now, even though Jeep is fairly certain they have a handle on all this, there still lies the possibility that your Jeep may be affected in some way, but it's not part of this recall. The online forums have many, many stories of people who, during a routine vehicle inspection, found out they had a frame with potential issues and were advised to go back to the dealership. Now, some of these folks were able to get repairs done under warranty, so if you have any doubt or concern, then check with your dealer or an independent repair shop, and hopefully they can provide you with some answers so you don't waste your money. Or worse, waste your life or somebody else's in a crash. Be advised, though. From what I hear, the inspection process, along with the review of that inspection, along with any repairs done, are all handled by different individuals. (laughs) And the whole thing can take several days or more. So hopefully your dealer has a loaner program. Now, if you are one of the affected and have gone or are going through this process, we very much want to hear from you. So please reach out to us. So I'm I'm guessing that whenever they say go return to your dealership, they mean by uh, being flat-toed. To the, to the dealership because they may die. What is it? How do you put it? Down? It may kill you. It may kill, may you. It you. May kill yeah. you just returning to get it repaired. Oh, my God. That's awful. <laughs> yeah, definitely awful. Didn't want, wouldn't want this to happen to anybody, let alone yourself. But again, it, this is a very, very small percentage. And all it takes is all it takes is for one. All it takes is for your Jeep to be yeah. affected. So this is definitely not something that we want to sit on or, or waste our time with. We want to be diligent about this. Uh, especially this time of year. I mean, we're we're in the dead of winter in a lot of places. We have, uh, you know, already salt on the roads in a lot of places, which obviously is going to exacerbate any sort of issues with with welds that are compromised. So, um, you know, now is the time to take care of this. If you have any inclination or any doubt at all that your, you know, 2018, uh, 2019 Jeep is affected by this, have it inspected, get it taken a look at, and uh, and then go from there. Yeah, it's always good to be safe and sorry. You don't want to be on a trail and have it happen. You can't get it towed out. You don't want to be driving to the dealership to figure it out either. So check no. it out. And re- there is no trail fix for this short of using a ready welder. Don't forget about JB Weld, Josh. I, mean, I, don't, I was just about to say, I don't think there's enough JB Weld in the world to yeah. put a track bar back on the, back on the frame no, and have you, you know, safely all. get down to the bottom. So yeah, it's just not something you want to mess around with, folks. So uh, hopefully you get it taken care of. And again, if you are going through this process, we'd like to hear from you. Please reach out to us. So bear with me here. Um, what if uh, this is the first AI assault on on the people of the people of the world, where the and the, it started the robot, with it started with the robots, the, the robot factory. welders, Interesting. not welders. They don't want to call attention to themselves. They're just trying to, Hi. you know, the AI is flexing its muscle, and and this is actually uh, Skynet. This is this is how Skynet starts. Yep. <laughs> It's not with terminators, it's with welding robots. Because there's yeah. no there's no human welders in these 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 factories. It's all robotic welders. So yeah. what if it's it's the beginning of Skynet, folks? Be that afraid. Was, Be very yeah. afraid. Beginning Definitely of the Definitely go end. check it out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you have a news tip or response to any one of our stories, be sure to let us know by phone or by email. Just head over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and find out how. You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network podcast. You know, we're always asking you to go check out the 4x4 Radio Network. And well, it's for good reason. There's a ton of stuff there. If you're into off-road at all, or if you've got buddies that are into off-road, well, then we've got something for you and something for them, too. Even if they're not into Jeeps, that's not their fault. You know, everybody's got their thing. You know, we've got something for everybody at the 4x4 Radio Network. On the Trail podcast is there. Trail Chasers, Center Steer podcast. 
the 4x4 podcast is there. Of course, we're there too. It's all for free. It's all in one spot. Go check it out right now. 4x4radionetwork.com. We'll see you there. Oh, and speaking of uh, Dan Cole from the 4x4 podcast. Hey, what's up, fellas? This is Dan Cole from the 4x4 podcast. I figured I just said I'd that. call your voicemail number because I haven't called in for a long time, and I'm just driving around listening to the show. And uh, I figured I'd call in the feedback regarding the the thought that CBs are more prevalent on the trail than uh, the FRS, PMRS radios uh, that John was talking about. Um, I, I think I disagree, just because... Uh, the CBs are such a pain in the butt. Uh, I don't <laughs> see are. them on the trail as often as I used to. Uh, I think now in 2020, it is way more popular for uh, FRS, GMRS radios to be the primary radio of choice, which is great. Uh, I love seeing that. You know, of course, I love to see ham radios being used more often, but I know that's not going to be the case. So for now, I. I disagree. FRS, I think, is more popular than the GR than the CBs anymore. So, anyways, that's it, guys. Keep up the great work, and uh, maybe one of these days we'll catch up and see each other's on the trail. All right, we'll talk to you later. Well, Wendy, you're out there on the trails a lot more often than I am. What are you seeing uh, this being used for radios? Yeah, mostly uh, hams and CBs. If you don't have your antenna tuned in, forget it. So, I mean, we we had that problem in the very beginning. Right. Make the CB yeah. work. And- you know, you think it's something else, and it's not. It just has to do with tuning. So the ham works really well. You know, I wonder if it's a regional thing, uh, you know, where it's maybe a south versus north and east versus west. You know, I don't know, northwest versus, uh, you know, northeast type of thing. Out here, in, in at least in Oregon and Washington, uh, primarily CB and ham, again, uh, hardly any FRS or GMRS radios out there. Now, again, like what I was talking about last week, You'll occasionally see them when, uh, you know, you've got a spotting situation. Somebody doesn't have uh, doesn't have a radio and the spotter can't necessarily be right next to the Jeep or within earshot type of thing for safety reasons. Then you start, you start seeing these radios come into play. But again, that's kind of rare. And, and I'm one of the few individuals, at least in my circle, that does that sort of thing. So, uh, like, again, it might just be a regional thing. I don't know. Yeah, it's interesting. Well, yeah, it's kind of an interesting, it'd be an interesting question to ask the, uh, the, the listeners, you know, what, what are they actually using? I know for us... When we do trail runs, we usually both, and we'll actually communicate with both because some people have a CB and they don't have a ham, and some people only have a ham and don't have a CB. So I think it's, you know, could be regional. Who knows? I think it just has to do with what you do and, you know, how the trails go. Could even be the group, individual groups and uh, sure. th- those those individuals that uh, go along with those, uh, on those, uh, those events. Now, I know whenever I went recently to uh, Barnwell, uh, the, uh, the they were using I think an ambulance frequency. They were using these little <laughs> Bofing radios Uh-oh. on 156 megahertz, <laughs> and I'm like, "Oops, uh, Oops. you know that's yeah. not a valid frequency to, for you to be using." Oh, it's the one we use all the time. So I guess it really just depends. Good Lord, I mean, if you're on the yeah. ambulance frequency already, it makes it easy just to call for one. I guess. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Birds but then I'm stone. not sure I want to be with that group, right? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, they were a great group. I just thought it was funny what frequency That's they were funny. using. Oh, funny. <laughs> Man. It's with this guy. Who is he? One mission. Who are we talking about? Who is this guy? Who are you? One model of Jeep. What is this? The Wrangler. Who are you? Call me Bill.
It's Wrangler Talk with Bill. Hello, JTS listener, and welcome to this week's Wrangler Talk, where we're going to be playing with some electricity. Oh yeah, I'm talking about sticking a fork in an electrical socket, or at least something close to that. No, we're going to be talking about something that has to do with a whole lot more power than just a wall outlet. We're going to be talking about spark plugs. And, well, a spark plug is probably the most important part of the engine besides the engine block itself. Your spark plug generates the electrical current needed for igniting the compressed air and fuel in the combustion chamber or cylinder. And yes, we all love blowing things up. Also, a spark plug is considered to be a maintenance item on your engine. So they will need to be changed or replaced after a certain mile mark. And every spark plug is different and requires a different interval of changing. So we'll cover that later per each spark plug. Although not all spark plugs are created equally. And each spark plug needs to be used in its own specific application. So there are four different spark plugs out on the market, and they're copper, iridium, platinum, and the fancy ones, double platinum. So first, let's cover the most basic and oldest spark plug there is, and that is the copper spark plug. These plugs will be mostly used on some of the older Jeeps, and when I say older, I'm saying like before my time or a lot of our times, and that's like 1980 and prior. So the real older Jeeps. And copper plugs, well, they're made from copper, meaning that most of the internal components of the plug are made from copper, with a central electrode being made from like a nickel alloy material. And when it comes to copper plugs, they're not the most durable and tend to wear out the quickest among all types of plugs. So since they wear out the quickest, it is actually recommended to replace copper spark plugs about every 30,000 miles or so. So, I wouldn't recommend using copper plugs. They kind of wear out very quickly, and you don't want to have to be changing plugs all the time. So now let's jump to the complete opposite end of the spectrum and talk about the most durable and longest-lasting plugs out on the market, and that's the iridium spark plugs. Iridium spark plugs are the most common plugs being put on like the newer vehicles, and that's for a couple of reasons. First, because they last the longest. And secondly, they require a lot less voltage to generate the electrical spark needed to ignite the air-fuel mixture in the combustion chamber. And iridium plugs have the smallest center electrode, meaning that they will require less voltage to ignite the air-fuel mixture in the combustion chamber. So, in newer cars, there's a lot of electronics controlling all the other crap that I kind of don't think we need in vehicles and they won't draw current away from those systems and also they won't draw current from your stereo turned all the way up to 50 drowning out your loud mud terrain tires driving down the road (laughs) yeah I'm one of those guys too so don't worry about it (laughs) although when it comes to iridium plugs you'll never want to downgrade to any other plug on the market Jeep put iridium plugs in your engine for a reason. And if you stray away from these iridium plugs, you're actually going to be hurting the performance of your Jeep. And your engine was designed to use these specific plugs. The amount of spark that they produce, the temperature that the spark is actually at when it's being produced, 
So do not stray away from Iridium plugs if you already have Iridium plugs in your Jeep. And finally, when it comes to replacing Iridium spark plugs, it's recommended to replace them every 100,000 or miles or so. You can do it before that, but I wouldn't go past 100,000 miles. So now on to platinum plugs. And there are two different types of platinum plugs out on the market. There's the standard platinum plug, and then there are double platinum plugs. And both have their separate applications. So first, let's talk about platinum plugs. Platinum plugs have a platinum disc that is actually welded to the tip of the center of the electrode, making them much stronger than the older copper plugs that were out on the market. But they're not as quite as strong and durable as the iridium plugs. Also, platinum plugs tend to generate a lot more heat when they ignite, which tends to lead to less buildup of debris and other kind of junk on the plug itself. So they do tend to last a lot longer than the standard copper plug. Platinum plugs were designed to just make a longer lasting spark plug for all engine models out on the market when they were you know, designed back then. And they tend to work the best in our trusty 4.0 liters. It's, they, for some odd reason, the 4.0 liters love these platinum plugs. Although they are not designed for any 4.0 liter that is 2000 or newer. And that would require the next type of spark plug that we're going to talk about in a little bit. So when it comes to replacing your platinum spark plugs, it is recommended to replace them about every 60,000 miles or so. And it kind of comes to one of those things that, you know, if you think you need to replace your spark plugs, then you probably need to replace them. Now on to double platinum plugs, the fancy ones. And these spark plugs were designed to be used with an ignition system that utilizes a waste spark, meaning that the spark plug will actually spark twice during the combustion process. There will be a spark on the compression stroke of the cylinder, and then another spark again on the exhaust stroke of the cylinder. And the waste spark system was actually designed to be more reliable, and they say it isn't affected as much by environmental conditions such as rain or dampness. So, obviously, why not? Yeah, let's try it out. Secondly, double platinum plugs were designed to be used with an electronic distributor ignition system, or a DIS, meaning it they don't have a distributor cap. Although, it also means that they don't have the individual coil packs that we see on the much newer engines that are out there. So for example, the 3.8 liter that's in the Jeep JK has an electronic distributor system. And it works great for that specific system. So all Jeep Wranglers made from 2000 and newer up to the 3.6 liter Pentastar engine actually uses this DIS ignition system. When it comes to replacing your double platinum plugs, the fancy ones, it is recommended to replace them every 60,000 miles, the same as the standard platinum plugs. Finally, when it comes to spark plugs, I recommend sticking with the plugs that your engine came with. I can't say that enough. Jeep put those specific spark plugs in your motor for a reason. Everything was designed around it. Your air fuel ratio, the amount of 
combustion that you're going to be getting per stroke, everything. So stay with the plugs that you're going to be taking out of your motor. And if you don't know exactly what kind of plugs they are, it's very easy to go online and look up what your motor needs to have in it to run properly. If not, you're going to be hurting your performance drastically. And I've even seen engines that you put a better spark plug in it and it doesn't like it. It likes the old crappy ones. So pretty simple. Thank you for listening to this week's Wrangler Talk. And just remember, did I miss anything? Or do you want to hear about a specific topic on the Wrangler Talk in the future? Well, head over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and send us an email or leave us a voice message. And we would be happy to help you out in any way we can. So talk to you next week on the Wrangler Talk. Hey, coming up in Tech Talk, we wrap up our multi-part series in tracking down a parasitic electrical drain using a variation of the voltage drop method. Oh, good. I finally get to get to the punchline uh, now, Josh. You, you teased us last week about this is, how, this is how you get it set up and this is how you do it. And we'll tell you more next week. <laughs> it's like, damn you. <laughs> the master of the tease. Are you living the Jeep life? From mall crawlers to weekend warriors, from daily drivers to weekend wheelers, it's all about the Jeep life, and it's all good. It's time for Jeep Life with Jeep Mama. Hey, Tony and Josh, it's Jeep Mama here, and I'm sitting in a junkyard outside of Durango, Colorado. Neil is working on a Jeep build. A guy up in Denver got his um, Jeep all smashed up from an accident in the city of Denver. Not even trail damage. Uh, The insurance company totaled the Jeep. And this guy was so devastated and someone put him in touch with Neil and Neil's like, sure, I can fix it. So we are scrounging for parts at a salvage yard. And right now it's um, not looking good here, the parts we wanted to get. But what we're doing is it's an LJ and the front driver's side frame is all twisted up. So Neil chopped that off. We're going to use a TJ frame to repair it. And we are looking for a CJ front clip, which by the way, I did not know what a CJ front clip was until recently. So I'm learning so many new things. It's amazing. Um, And we're doing an LS swap on the engine. So pretty exciting. I got to watch them lift the body off the frame, pull the frame out. We put the body on a trailer so we can work on the frame. Um, It's um, amazing to see this happening and a Jeep really being built. Um, And Tony and Josh, I think you'll get a kick out of this. The name of the Jeep. Now remember, we're in Colorado. The name of the Jeep is Weed Brownie. So um, you'll have to stay tuned and I will keep filling you in on the update of this process. And you can also check out my blog and my Facebook page and YouTube. Um, Just search JeepMama.com for the blog and Jeep Mama on YouTube. And you can follow along on this build Um, things are getting a lot better. Emotionally, I'm still struggling. I was uh, served separation papers and I'm going through that with my attorney. I miss my kids, but I'll be flying back to Maryland here in about two weeks. And can you believe this? I found a plane ticket round trip from Denver to BWI, that's in Baltimore, for $104. So, um, I'm excited. That's way cheaper than 
um, driving home. And luckily, um, I have an old middle school friend who is going to let me park my Jeep at his house, and he's going to take me to the airport. So we've moved the camper, by the way, and it's in a campground. And it's nice and toasty warm in there. Neil upgraded the heater and the electrical system. We still have a lot of um, modding to do to our camper. And I will be doing a uh, budget camper blog to sh- so you can follow along on that, on all the things we've done. So far, we've done a lot of stuff, but it's all been free, except for we've only paid for one paint of a can of paint, paint of can. There, are my, my brain's fried. Um, we've upgraded the electrical system. We've insulated it. We've, um, we've done a lot of stuff, and we've only paid for one can of paint. Because Neil is amazing at doing things on the cheap. Not cheaply, but inexpensively, I should say. So things are rolling along. It's cold here in Colorado, but we're surviving. And my winch is getting a workout. I have winched so much stuff on and off trailers and pulling people out of the snow. Um, And I'm learning the use of the snatch block, how important that is and how cool it is where you can winch anything out of anywhere if you know geometry. So miss you guys. I hope soon I can get my computer back up and running running, and we can test it out to see if it'll work where I can be back live because I really, really miss you guys. I miss talking to you guys and the camaraderie. Here I go again. The tears are flowing. Um, but that's my life right now. So anyway, um, I will just, um, check in next week. In the meantime, if you want to support me and my journey, my new life, you can go over to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Jeep Mama. Um, I post more personal stuff there. And if you want to help support me, just go over there and it'll walk you through what you need to do. So in the meantime, keep celebrating that Jeep life and I will see you guys next week. Hey, how does Tammy's Jeep life compare with yours? We'd love to hear your story. Just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and find out how you can share. Wait, hold up. You're not taking your top off, are you? Well, if you are, Mitch is going to tell us where it might be safe to do so. Why did you become a paid subscriber to the Jeep Talk Show? I love the show. I've been listening to you guys free for, I don't know, years now. And I figured I'd time to give back. You can be a paid subscriber and help support the show you love, the Jeep Talk Show. It'll just uh, help help the show out. And, and then in the end, it'll be Jeep Talk Show in my ear holes, you know? Just go to JeepTalkShow.com and look for the big yellow subscribe button. It'd be nice to give back to uh, so that you guys can continue on. Because if they love the show, then why shouldn't you, why shouldn't you give back just a little bit you know in the spirit of christmas giving you see where i'm going here with this guys in the spirit of christmas giving (laughs) break out that uh, that credit card that has been abused so badly during december and go over to the jeeptalkshow.com website and press that paid subscribe button through paypal we'd really love to have you uh, support the show well if they don't want to use their credit card they could use their gift cards that they got Ooh, bitcoin yeah. 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 Jeez. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I'd like to have some Bitcoin. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Hey, Jeep Talk Show. It's Joe in Oceanside, California. Hi, Joe. Uh, hey, uh, I listen to you guys all the time. And in between, I listen to Ham Radio, uh, Crash Course, Josh's, uh, um, uh, his podcast to fill in the gaps. And uh, 
I just got my ham radio technician's uh, uh, license this week, and uh, so I've been kind of getting a little more active there. Uh, the plan is to buy a Jeep this year, uh, looking at a diesel Rubicon, and to put a uh, ham radio in there. And what I'm looking at is the uh, Yaesu FTM 400, and I think it'd be an interesting uh, topic for Josh to come in on and talk about APRS and how that can be used in off-roading to kind of, uh, uh, you know, uh, track, you know, tra- track where you are, send beacons out, let your wife know where you are, et cetera, your family. Uh, I think it'd be a real interesting topic, and I'd love to see him do a segment on that. So, anyway, I just was thinking about that intersection and thought I'd uh, give a holler and let you guys uh, know my thoughts. So, uh, keep up the good work, guys. Looking forward to the episode this week. Take care. Yeah, so uh, we really enjoyed having uh, Josh uh, Hoshnasi. Uh, from the Ham Radio Crash Course uh, on the show in the past. Uh, I had mentioned uh, to our caller, that uh, to Joe, that it was uh, something he could go back and listen to, but he'd already heard that. He'd listened to our back catalog, and he had heard those, so he knew Josh had been on the show before. So that's great. And, and, you know, we don't do enough uh, talking about our our back catalog. So many great shows, so much great information. Over 400 of those shows that you can go back and listen to. Don't listen to episode one, two, three. It's Uh, a little rough. Start around episode eight, I would say, at least. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but uh yeah lots of great back catalog but uh, i'll reach out to josh and see if uh, he may have a little time to talk about aprs because i think that'd be a great subject i know especially for new hams that uh find out about aprs which is basically using uh, gps coordinates and sending that information your location information over ham radio and it magically appears on a map that everybody can look at so it's 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 a great way of uh, showing your position I don't know that I would want my wife uh, tracking me uh, every day. You know, you said you were just going to go get gas. Yes. I see you're cleared that- down at the Rubicon already. You said it. <laughs> yeah. But- what do you mean you went to the mall? Sure you did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, there was a there was a curve I hadn't flexed on yet. So, uh, but we'll certainly reach out to him and uh, see if we can get him on the show and have a a, a special uh, ham radio uh, segment about. Uh, uh, I'm forgetting what it is now about APRS. That's a great idea. Great suggestion. You got tech questions? Ah, oh, what do I ever? We have answers. Oh, that's good because I, I it's tech talk with Jeep talk. Yahoo! Well, as Tony alluded, and uh, as I often like to do, I left you hanging last week. Bastard. <laughs> I, started, I started to tell you about another way to track down and identify the source of a battery drain, or what's called a parasitic draw, in your Jeep's electrical system. And I ended just short of teaching you the actual procedures so that I didn't throw too much information at you all at once. Now, some schools of thought say that it's a good idea to get an actual measurement of the draw to get an idea just how serious the problem is. My train of thought is that if the battery keeps dying on you day after day, then it's probably serious enough to do something about it, and this information generally isn't critical to finding or dealing with the problem. However, if you do want these numbers, you will need to disconnect the battery and place your meter in line in between the terminal and the battery cables. Now, going back to last week, we're talking about the meters. We are talking about a digital voltmeter here, uh, and one that has the ability to read amperage. Now, plastic chip clips, tape, or even C-clamps can keep the meter probe securely attached to the terminal and cable ends for this part of things. Now, just make sure nothing shorts out. You obviously don't want, uh, you know, the positive end, uh, you know, just resting there on your alternator or something like that, or, you know, the the AC (laughs) pump or something. That's going to end badly. Now, obviously, you will also need to have the meter set up to measure and display amps, so make sure that you are familiar with how to do that. 
You also want to select the highest amp setting on the display selector since, the car, since car batteries uh, generally carry enough amperage to pop the fuse in most meters. This is also why we want the vehicle in that sleep mode I was talking about in the last episode. Now, even something like the dome light coming on can pop the fuse in, men, in many digital voltmeters. So, for most vehicles, the process takes about an hour to ensure the vehicle is in and all of its sensors and systems have discharged or turned off and have gone to sleep. This is when you take your measurement, your amperage measurement. Note that most vehicles draw at least some battery current when the key is off, and this is normal. And due to things like the clock and the internal memory of engine or engine computers, uh, uh, body control modules, radio presets, you know, stuff like that. Altogether, though, they draw a very small amount of current. Maybe 50 milliamps would be a safe upper limit for this on modern Jeeps. Though on older Jeeps, I'd say the limit to be closer to maybe 30 milliamps, and even those numbers, I think, are conservatively high. Now, okay, say for instance, you find a parasitic draw of 2 or 3 amps. It's enough to be concerned about. This is easily enough to discharge a Jeep's battery. Now that you know just how much draw you have, not that that information was all that important to begin with, you need to move to the closest fuse panel. At this point, it's usually the one under the hood to start pinpointing the actual source of the draw. Now, switching your meter from amperage to voltage, you're going to set that to read millivolts and make sure that it's in the right range, too. You're going to reconnect the battery, and in worst-case scenarios, you're going to have to wait again for the vehicle to go back to sleep if reconnecting the battery woke it back up. Now, with a probe in each hand and the vehicle in sleep mode, you're going to be probing on each side of a single fuse and note or record the absolute voltage value. Each fuse has two tiny little nibs of metal that protrude out the top of the fuse body, and this is where you're going to be probing. It's important to note that your probes need to be sharp to get into the recesses of the, especially the smaller fuses, the MTC fuses, where the metal is. If your, met, if your meter probes have been rounded off really good, they're very old, well, take a few minutes with a file or some sandpaper to put a new point on them. You also do not want to be using a meter that has a reading that wildly fluctuates. It's normal for a digital voltmeter to bounce around a little bit, but if it's excessive, then it may be time for a replacement or a recalibration. You're going to want to ignore negative voltage readings or switch the orientation of your test probes. Just put the one that's in the right hand over the left hand, the ones in the left hand over the right hand, etc., etc. And uh, just switch the test probes on the fuse if seeing the negative symbol distracts you. Otherwise, it really just doesn't matter. On most of the fuses, there should be a reading of zero. This means that the circuit is indeed actually asleep and there is no voltage on that circuit. Now, eventually, you will come to the circuit that still has some voltage flowing across it when it shouldn't. A few milliamps is going to be fine, but if you see actual voltage, really anything over one full volt, then likely that cir circuit is going to be the problem, or at least part of the problem. You may have to move from the fuse box under the hood to the one or ones inside of the vehicle. More oftentimes than not, the draw is going to be found in an interior circuit, something like inside the radio, um, maybe a sticky relay, a shorting seat heater, uh, a faulty switch somewhere. You get the idea. And now you get the idea behind testing for a parasitic drain like these using the voltage drop method. Like I said, there are several ways to go about doing this test. So if my methods differ from the ones that you are familiar with, well, just know that we have come to the same conclusions either way, just kind of got there a different route. Now, good luck, Jeeper. And if you end up having to use this method, well, be sure to give us a call and let us know how it went. Next week, we're going to have a quick tip that is perfect for wet weather trail fixes. You know, um, quite often when you have a battery issue, you can make the assumption either sometimes, most I guess most of the time, especially if the cold weather has just come in and the battery's five years or old, or you may think, oh, it's the battery. I need to replace the battery. And uh, the downside to that is, is that when you, you know, spend that $100, $150 or whatever it was to replace the battery uh, and you still have the problem, it's like, well, son of a bitch, why is this still happening? Yeah. 
Uh, exactly. It's real easy to throw that meter uh, in there, like Josh was talking about. Uh, it, just take the battery uh, cable off and put it in line, and that. And most meters are have like a twenty amp max. So uh, you just that's why you want to make sure everything's off, the doors are closed, all that stuff that Josh covered in the uh, the previous segments, and then read that meter. And if you if you see that you have something above, uh, what did you say, Josh? Forty. Uh, really, anything over like a single volt, that's going to indicate no, no, that you have milliamps, a drain. I, I oh, about- milliamps. Uh, no, 30 to 50, uh, depending yeah, yeah, yeah. on how old your Jeep is. Yeah. So uh, if you see anything over the, that, then you know that the, it's the, the even whenever the Jeep is off, it's sitting there pulling a, uh, a voltage and a, a current off the battery continuously. So uh, if it's off and it's pulling uh, current off the battery, it's going to run that battery down. Anyway, that's great to test because now you can figure out if maybe you've got an alternator issue, maybe you've got a battery issue. Hey, you could even have bad cables uh, running to the battery and to the starter. Now, I will say this. Now, this is going to be sort of the last thing that you do. This is going to be after you've already performed a test to make sure that your alternator is charging. You've already performed a test to make sure that the battery can maintain a charge under load. So a load test and an alternator test are going to be the two things that you're going to do ahead of time to determine whether or not your charging system is working properly or whether or not your battery is just plain bad. Yeah, but you know what people are going to do. They're going to get a new battery. <laughs> they're gonna go buy a new voltmeter too. I need, need this new tool. Oh yeah, <laughs> that, they're very, they're very handy. It's a great I definitely. Excuse. I yeah. need a new battery. Yeah. Well, the, well, they're so. Uh, there's the the voltmeters, the digital voltmeters are so cheap now. So yeah, they are definitely coming down in price from uh, you know the era of you know 20 years ago or so when I was in the industry. Hey, do you have anything to add? Maybe you have a question for Tech Talk. We'll just jump over to JeepTalkShow.com slash contact and send us a message. Let us know what you would like for us to cover or. Any topic that you would like to have us talk about here on Tech Talk. The Jeep Talk Show. It's not about us. It's about you, the listeners. It's Tim from Torrance. Hey, Jeepers. This is uh, Rob from San Texas. Hey, guys. It's Cody with TrailChasers.net with another grand adventure. Hey, guys. This is Cody from Indiana. Hello, Jeep Talk Show crew. This is FJ Rick. Hi, guys. This is Joe. If a turtle doesn't have a shell... Is he naked or homeless? Yes. Hey, guys, this is Ron out in Arizona. Hey, hey what's up? Jeep Talk Show. This is Jake in Oregon Trail Off-Road. Hi, this is Jake from California, and I'm sitting here eating pork rinds for breakfast. <laughs> hey, this is uh, PAG Free. Hey, Tony, Josh, Danny, it's Jake, Jake Collin. This is John, Free Runner 1982, and on today's Radio Context segment, I'm going to talk about APRS, an anal probe restraint system. <laughs> No, 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 that's not right. We love our listeners. <laughs> I wonder if I can get Josh to come on and talk about anal probe restraint system. That would be. Ow, <laughs> 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 indeed. Oh, no. Hey, you may have seen a similar video that we mentioned on the show before the holiday season, but this time around, Extreme Terrain's resident Jeeper, Jeeper, Meredith Evasu, has produced a Wrangler Bumpers Buyer Guide video for front and rear Jeep bumpers. The comments are just three times fast. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. The comments are just great. You just absolutely must see it. Using a JLU as her mannequin, mannequin or test dummy, Mare installs and reviews several different styles of Jeep bumpers from Extreme Terrain's catalog, weighing their pros and cons, as well as why you might want to choose one over the other. Now, even though Mare is featuring fitment and products for the most recent Wrangler generation, her methodology can be applied to all Jeep Wranglers. So head over to Extreme Terrain's Jeep Wrangler bumpers page to check it out, or click the link in today's Jeep Talk Show notes for episode 419. 
from the mind of Nikki G. This portion of Nikki G brought to you by Aisle 7A, the feminine hygiene aisle, making men feel uncomfortable since, well, since puberty. <laughs> hey, this is Nikki G, and uh, I didn't catch the show last week. It was you available bastard. for a while, or it disappeared, or I <laughs> couldn't find it, or I thought I found it. I don't know what I was listening to then. So, uh, I haven't caught the show yet. But I've come up with a uh, top five reasons why the show disappeared in the first place. Uh-oh. Reason oh, number five. <laughs> Tony just didn't record one. You know, he just didn't want to do it. Reason number four. Josh left the thumb drive with the show file in his Honda. I like so that. So we'll have it back in about two weeks. Yeah, there we go. Reason number three. The cat walked across the keyboard and deleted yep. it. Yep, that's it. And also that's pulled it. up a bunch of pornography. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Reason number um, three. I really should have thought this through. I guess it's the top three reasons why this show is so couldn't be found. All right, boys and girls, I'll uh, chat you later, and you have a good one. Bye. Nikki G is getting production value. Oh, man. <laughs> really coming out of his shell. I like this. But is he, is he homeless or is he naked? <laughs> oh, that was good stuff. You know, one of the things that we're always doing here on the Jeep Talk Show, other than laughing at Nikki G's jokes, is doing reviews and stuff. So if you have an idea for a product review or something that you want us to take a closer look at, just visit our contact page and let us know what you would like to hear on our next product review. All right. Uh, so the same thing that a, uh, <laughs> a Scottish man says before sex, brace yourself. Laddie. Hey guys, the Super Croc again. This time we'll call it the Super Croc rant. First rant of the day is the placement of the XJ uh, 97, uh, I have 82 through 01. Speaking of thinking this uh, out. <laughs> all of them. 4.0 and the 2.5, I believe, as well. Alternator placement. Oh, yeah. I love that. The engineer oh, yeah. who decided to, oh, put the, the one piece of gear on the car, but if it gets wet and fill or snowy, it's going to leave you stranded until it gets dried out. Right at the bottom, where snow and mud and rain can get in it. Whoever put that there should be fired. And I mean, they're probably not there now, but <laughs> that's what uh, I was thinking. That was a long time gotta, ago. Long I guess get some CAD work or cardboard aided design to fix that. But uh, Jeeps, you gotta love them. You do. Still, I want to know who that engineer is. Second rant. People think, oh. It's a new new decade. Well, not really. Yes, we're in the 2020s now, but you look at it like this. The decade always starts in one. Do you have a zero day? No. In calendars, we go from one to ten. So next year's new decade. All right, rant off. Still snowy here. Talk to you later. Bye. 
So what they could have done was what they did on the TJ, which was have the alternator up very high, very easy to get to, out of the out of the weather, out of the water, out of the mud, and have the uh, AC compressor way down low. Now I know what do you need with air conditioning on a Jeep? If you live in live in Southeast Texas, you need your AC. So yeah. it's gonna something has to be down low. So yeah, I agree. I don't like it down there either. But uh, Josh, I wonder if. Uh, Nobody's ever actually made a, like a splash shield or anything for the for the. Yeah, they did. It was did it they? was factory. Uh, when he so we started talking about cardboard aided design, I was like, well, that's exactly how they fixed that issue was with that composite cardboard foam rubber oh, plastic okay. b- b- splash barrier that you know it attached to the bottom of the uh, of the header panel and kind of went down to uh, you know the frame rails there and 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 that sort of was. A, uh, a pseudo fix for trying to keep water from splashing up and, yeah. and getting in your distributor or your alternator and, and, and yeah, killing well, the Jeep. So well, I wanted something metal, something you had to bolt on, something that well, was, you know, three, three quarter inch steel and, you know, some meaty stuff. <laughs> 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 yeah, that was uh, certainly not meaty. And I, I doubt there's an XJ on the road that still has that thing at no. least, uh, you know, somewhat intact. Yeah, exactly. Hey, coming up in a few minutes, we're going to hear a little bit about some events that are happening in your hometown and around the nation in Wheeling Wear. Oh, glad you could make it out here. That's not Tammy. No, it's not. A whole other Jeep out here. What's this? (laughs) Well, young lady, what's your name? And are you lost? Hopefully. I don't, she doesn't know how to play or play, play, play with us yet, I, I suppose. I don't know. <laughs> Are you still with us, Wendy? Oh, you wanted me to respond? Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. I thought... She's like, I'm not a little girl. I'm not going <laughs> to. I'm not going here. I don't want to be in the woods with these people. No, exactly. no, no. Exactly. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so, Wendy, the, when you start hearing this. And the banjos. Okay. You know you want to be out of the woods very soon. Somewhere else. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm going to lock the Jeep and move on. There you go. <laughs> All right, Josh. Safe, safe procedure anytime you're around, Tony. Man, I got really, I got nothing going on. It's a slow, uh, slow week uh, for Jeep uh, for me as as far as that goes. Really, no Jeep action over the last week. Um, kind of had a little bit of a lazy weekend. Just doing stuff around the house. Um, and uh, I mean, I didn't even lift a wrench on 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 my Jeep or nothing. Ended up you know, doing some. A little bit of remodeling work, if you, if you will, around the house. So, um, and that was uh, my my week. Now, what I did see over this last week, though, was a rendering of what the next generation of Ford Bronco is going to look like. And I don't know if you guys have seen this yet. Yeah, that, that doesn't even begin to touch it. Now, the versions that I saw look like something between uh, like a Jeep, like a bloated Jeep Renegade, but with removable doors and a top. It's absolutely hideous. It's like it's like the Ford Bronco is trying so hard to look like a Wrangler, but to have the lines of a Renegade, but still try and be Ford. And they're not succeeding at all. And it's just absolutely hideous. So, it, you know, what everybody was saying was, oh, no, the Ford's going to bring back the Bronco and it's going to be the Jeep killer. No, no, <laughs> no, I don't even think it's going to scratch a Renegade. Uh, yeah. So it's it's nothing that I think you need to worry about. Well, if we didn't have these damn laws that the government are putting out about uh, mileage, I think you'd see a lot more interesting uh, vehicles and a lot more horsepower than what you used to. Heck yeah. So, uh, Wendy, in this, uh, when we are here uh, in the uh, around sitting around the campfire, we chat about stuff. Is there anything you want to complain about Bill about? 
Uh, let's see. <laughs> Bill's her husband. <laughs> Hold on. Let me get my list. <laughs> Funny Gee, that you mentioned. That was possible. Gosh, next time I'll be totally prepared. Uh, no, I don't have anything to complain about other than it's been darn cold here in California and we want to go out in Jeep. So. Oh, so much snow. Good Lord. Yeah. I was uh, watching, looking some of the uh, Don's pictures and I think you shared a few with me. And uh, oh my God, for, for somebody that hasn't seen any accumulation of snow, uh, that was like four or five inches on the ground since 1974. I just think that is just amazing what you guys had out there. I would love, I'm sure I'd get sick of it and you know, in 30 or 40 years. But man, that was just gorgeous. <laughs> probably yeah, in the we're, first uh, we're week when be... you have to shovel it to be able to get the Jeep out. That's the problem. Oh. You can't get the gates open. <laughs> that's a yeah, reason. We're supposed to be. That's a reason to, to modify the Jeep next week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Need bigger tires. That's the the only problem. The the getting out of the in the snow. I would think. How is the how is it driving in the snow? Do you? I, I know if you're pushing it along, it's well, it's difficult. But if you if your Jeep's up high enough, can you can you go through it pretty good? Yeah, it goes through pretty good, especially the tires, depending on the tires and that foot throttle. You know, we've talked about that. So right. it's just a matter of um, taking your time and watching for ice and, you know, being in control and not doing something stupid. So are wider tires or narrower tires better for, oh, for getting traction? That's what wider. I think. Like, so it's a lot like, a lot like mud, being in mud. You want to float uh, on top of in it. In a way, in a way. I mean, there's two schools of thought when it comes to when it comes to that, Tony. Um, uh, you know, when when you're dealing with like the, the mug bogs, the mug bog stuff. You know, these guys want a little bit of flotation, uh, and it's all about horsepower and, and how fast can you get those that that wheel spin up oh, yeah. uh, to where you Clean can you know, more or less skip across the top of the water. Right. And then there's those guys that are running more or less tractor tires and skinny tires to get down through all that water and muck and get down to the stuff where the tires can actually get some traction. Now, that does not equate the same way when you're dealing with snow. You want the flotation. You want to stay up on top of that snow and not, and not you know, cut down through it. Because if you cut down through it too much, well, guess what's going to happen? You're not going to be sitting on your tires anymore. You're going to be sitting on your frame rails or your axles or something like that. So you're not going to get that traction that you need without having that flotation, without having a good, nice, fat contact patch with a lot of surface area. I still yep. think it would be a lot of fun. Exactly what Josh said. <laughs> well, I have to ask these questions because I have no idea. I mean, yeah, Tony doesn't get snow down in uh, down in Texas. Uh, certainly not at least maybe once every fifty years or something. Well, so. The last, <clears throat> yeah, the last time I drove in snow, it was on a ten-speed bicycle, and I busted my ass. So, oh, <laughs> it was yeah, worth yeah. it. It was worth uh, it. <laughs> no wonder you bought a Jeep. No. <laughs> ouch! Ouch! Oof. We'd like for you to join in on the campfireside chat. Bring up a chair, crack a beverage, and go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and find out all the ways you can reach out to us and join in on the fun. I think this is the perfect day to take the top off. Oh, what the heck is this? Oh, you gotta be kidding me. Maybe you should have checked the Jeep weather with Mitch. Hey, Jeeper. Mitch here. Today is the 10th of January, 2020, and it's time for your weekend going topless Jeep weather report. So, I was thinking of where to go topless this weekend around North America. Well, I came up with a few places that you can go. Now, I chose these locations as they lend to a good excuse to go topless. First, go topless in Roswell, New Mexico. You can use the excuse if you ever get caught that the aliens brainwashed you and took your top off. Here, it will be 54 and cloudy Friday, then 59 and sunny for Saturday and Sunday. Next, I suggest going topless in Huntington. 
Tell her that I'll be warm with clouds Friday and Saturday at 67 and 77 respectively. Then Sunday will be dropping to 54 degrees. Just leave out the part that this is Huntington, West Virginia and not Huntington Beach, California. All right, maybe Hot Springs, South Carolina will get your tops off this weekend. It will be partly cloudy all weekend with 22 on Friday, 36 on Saturday, and 38 on Sunday. Now out of curiosity, I did check and Hot Springs has Hot Springs to save you from those nipply temperatures. Lastly, if you can't convince anyone to go topless with you, then Dodge City, Kansas is where you're headed. Friday has clouds at 34 degrees, Saturday is supposed to be sunny at 38, and Sunday, partly cloudy at 48 degrees. Don't forget to use the hashtag Jeep Talk Show on social media for us to see those pictures. If you have any suggestions or want to know your local Jeep weather in an upcoming episode, go to jeeptalkshow.com contact in order to find all the ways to get a message to me. I'm Mitch. It's always a great weekend to go topless if you're brave enough. Just go topless responsibly. Now some events from around the world and maybe in your neck of the woods. Don't forget to let us know about an event that you are planning or are volunteering with. Just go to jeeptalkshow.com contact and click and fill out our wheeling wear form. The information comes straight to us. We'll get it out to the rest of the Jeepers out there. Coming up February 14th through the 16th, right during Valentine's Day weekend, we have the 61st Annual California Four-Wheel Drive Association Convention. It's happening down in Rancho Cordova, California, and happening pretty much the same weekend. We have the Midwest Overlanding and Off-Road Expo uh, happening at the Ozark Empire Fairgrounds in Springfield, Missouri. For more information, more events, and links, visit the JeepTalkShow.com website for this episode. I think I've eaten at Rancho Cordova before. Uh, they have great burritos. What's a lot of Rancho and the guy? Rancho Cucamonga? I mean, I don't think I could I could spell that name. What's the zip code for that, anyways? I mean, it's, <laughs> it's got the little too many ranchos around. It's got the little inye over the the zip code. Oh, that's so. what, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Well, Wendy, what did you think? This has been your first time guest hosting. You've been a guest on the show before, but that was an interview format. What did you think about the uh, the craziness and the behind the scenes stuff here on the Jeep Talk Show? You know, it's kind of what I thought it was going to be, and I actually survived, so life is good. <laughs> oh, no. we're, we're predictable now? Oh, no. What is this? I was, <laughs> I was hoping I was horrified. or I was expecting some shock and awe, at least. I, some gasps, at least a, a mild degree of uh, offense. I don't know. This is... Uh, well, this, I'm, I'm, I'm offended. Predictable. Good God. <laughs> well, you know, I've seen Outraged. a lot on the trail, and uh, I don't know, guys. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Huh? Yeah, I, I guess so. Well, I want to thank you a lot for being with us today tonight and uh, thank you for going through all the uh the hoops and hurdles you had to go through to get skype set up on your uh on your computer i don't i don't know why they make it that difficult it, it doesn't make any sense you know technology today should be easy but not to them so thank you guys for having me it was a lot of fun That's it for the show for this week, my fellow Jeeper. Until next week, be sure to help us take over Facebook by subscribing and sharing. And as always, thank you for listening to the world's most downloaded Jeep podcast. Now, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. I can't wait. I'm literally dancing around. I'm so excited. I mean, I might actually pee myself if this line for the bathroom doesn't start moving soon. <laughs> oh, I'm guessing since 2010. Did you know there's more Jeep talk show that you're missing? So, uh, I don't know if you heard, Josh. I think you were doing a, you were practicing your read uh, when uh, I was talking to, to Wendy. That, that noise that she has in the background is, is, the, uh, is her computer. Well, I figured she just has a diesel generator going on in the corner. <laughs> I 
yeah. yeah. So dang cold here. The new the new Jeep diesel is, is sitting over in the yeah. corner, just idling. Yeah, I am secretly testing it for y'all. Or, or it was either that, or else she had a ruler on the edge of the table, and she said, "Oh yeah, oh, you remember doing that, young man? Come to the front of the class and don't do that anymore." Exactly. To get it, just load the Jeep Talk Show app on your smartphone or tablet.